0: Yahweh, thank you for the opportunity to share again your truth, knowledge, and wisdom in this thing that we've been talking about this day. appreciate the opportunity for those that have an ear to hear and spiritual eyes to open them and see the majesty of Lord God. Bless the sharing and reading of your scriptures, Father. Abhayahu Yama. Eshwama. Baraklita Pardon me. The enemy loves to try to get me discouraged. So let me share this with you. Pardon me. I was sharing about facing change, going through change, and what we should do and how we should go about these things. But I want to share something to try to help clarify, if I may, and I may, (laughs) because the Holy Spirit was talking to me about it and told me that I should probably do this, not probably that I should do this. So the idea that I was sharing with you and trying to relate it and bring it back biblically so it isn't just um, I wasn't just not an open, empty opine of of my thought. But let's explore change. I want to do a in addition to, or an amendment to that um, first portion that I did. And I want to share something that I think will, will help clarify. So, we cannot change everything that we face. We, we just Cannot. But nothing can be changed until we face it. And here is something to ponder. What a change that the disciples that were with Jesus and had walked with him from the beginning and listening and learning. And then doing what he told them to do. What a change. He was crucified and left this plane of existence and they saw him go. And the Bible says that many turned away. While he was around and doing what he was doing, miracles and teaching and preaching, everybody was fine and happy. But then when he got crucified and he didn't take himself down off the cross like the uh, Pharisees taunted him to do and like the thief on the one side taunted him to do. Yeah, if you're the son of God, save yourself and us too. Yeah, and us too. You're a murderer, a liar and a thief and, and Jesus should just have the angels take him down and bring you along because... But quite possibly, if all that had transpired, it probably would because he's forgiving and loving. I mean, he's dying on the cross on those very perverse, arrogant, self-centered individuals that declared that he was a blasphemer and couldn't possibly know the scripture as well as they did. However, he certainly caught him in the middle of a lot of things. And... um, He was hanging on the cross, lifted his eyes to heaven, and cried out to his father, "Forgive them, for they know not what they do." So, quite possibly, he would have done that very thing with the thieves, and the one asked for did right there, hanging on the cross, asked for forgiveness. And Jesus said, this day, will you be with me in paradise? So when he gave up the spirit, that thief who asked and confessed his repentance was changed in the moment and twinkling of an eye into the soul that went to heaven and glorified there by asking forgiveness. And what kind of change was that? Miraculous change. Changes can be done because the Bible tells me they can be done. And all we have to do to get that accomplished is have faith. Remember those molehills that we push up into mountains and then we decide we can't get around them, can't get over them. Surely can't tunnel through them. But we pushed them up to those massive mountains And sometimes we build a mountain range around our houses and then we get so discouraged and distraught and we don't want to go out anywhere. But with faith, the size of a grain of mustard seed. Those are pretty tiny. In case you haven't seen them, if you take, uh, let me see if I can do this correctly. So if you take your two forefingers and your thumb, both your thumbs, and you put, the thumbs end to end, the forefingers end to end and kind of put them on top of each other. And you see there's a little diamond-shaped opening in the middle. Well, squeeze the stat, squeeze your forefingers and your thumbs and and put them down and just shrink that little hole to virtually near nothing. You can just barely see it. That, my friends is the size of a grain of mustard seed. Pretty tiny. Um, It's even smaller than, uh, oh, it's even smaller than a poppy seed. Poppy seeds can be a little large. It's smaller than a poppy seed. Very, very small. And Jesus tells us that you have that faith. That much faith. That's all you need. And those mountains will be cast into the sea. I've shared with you that God could do that to the literal mountains that you see up in the mountain ranges. If you have any near you, I don't have any around me. But if it's a righteous request, it's a prudent request, and it's the will of God to do for you because you asked it to be so and you exhibited the faith for it, he would do it. <clears throat> However, let's be wise about that. The analogy that Jesus was using, much as he does in calling a sheep, but these are not real mountains, brothers and sisters. These are what we convince ourselves in our mind's eye just like the spies have shared with you they saw that they were we saw ourselves as grasshoppers therein is the crux of the matter and the bottom line we saw ourselves not so God promised but you convinced the rest of them that it wasn't to be done but change change Facing change to get things accomplished. When you're, um, when you're heavily overweight and some folks are what they call morbidly obese, um, and much of that is simply because they allowed themselves to become that way. And then of course you're going to have those who are saying, well, that's not a very nice thing to say, um... Yada, 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 and try to make excuses. But remember, I simply tell the truth, period. If you're going to get all offended about it and get your knickers in a twist, just stop listening. But the fact of the matter is that some people have glandular issues and they and that can be helped. But some people, such as myself, allowed myself to become that way and not to uh, make excuses for, but some things and and research that I was doing medical-wise that um, medications that these so-called physicians are supposed to be aware of, side effects and issues, and yet they don't share that, and much of that was an issue. And I stopped going to the pharmacy and the medicine cabinet that hangs on the bathroom wall and digging through medication that is given by pharmacists because they took natural medicine that God provided from his medicine cabinet to share with us. And they decided in their arrogance that they will change it. They will face that change down and they'll make it better, faster and stronger. Oh, excuse me, but you're telling the Lord God Almighty that what you make in the laboratory will be better than what he created. Sad. But, not to say that all physicians are bad and not all pharmacists are bad. There are many that follow the teaching and the guidance of the Holy Spirit and God. Sadly, I had several positions that were not that way. But I decided to face that down, make a change, and many do. They didn't start dieting and exercising and all these things that they said they are going to start to do. And they do it. And many follow through with it. So they face a change, and they decided to make a change. My facing that change was with the Sovereign Lord God Almighty, Abba Yahweh, Heavenly Father, Maker of all things made. I partake of his medicines. Um, I'm not saying that all pharmaceuticals are, are terrible. I'm not saying that all physicians are terrible. I'm just saying you have to be prudent. You have to be... Checking into things. I'm going to show, oh, doggone it, I close it up. Uh, sorry, I got to go back into one of the epistles that John wrote because I found something that is, um, I apologize. I had it and then I closed it because John reminds us, Hmm. Uh, sorry about that, but um, John writes, ah, here we go. It's in uh, John. This would be not John the Baptizer, but John the Beloved. And some people, they kick that around. It's so, <sighs> James and John were the sons of Salome, who was Mary's sister. So, John the Baptizer was the offspring, child, baby of Elizabeth, Mary's sister. And when Mary was pregnant with Jesus, she went to see Elizabeth, pay a visit, and when they hugged and greeted one another, Elizabeth declared, and it's in the Word of God in the Scriptures that the child she was carrying leapt with joy, leapt for joy. John the baptizer knew that his cousin was the one who was supposed to come and do what he did. James and John were the offspring, children of Salome, son of Zebedee, and Salome was Mary's other sister. So that makes John, John, and James, Jesus' earthly cousins. So John the Beloved, who was dogmatic in his teaching and preaching and his following of the doctrines strictly, and for him, there was no change. And this would be the part of things that cannot be changed because in his heart and in his mindset, and in his faith, there was no room for that to be done. What God said is, and his tenets are bottom line, final, and that's it. There was no wavering. And John loved being as close as he could be to Jesus whenever he possibly could. That was his earthly cousin, for one thing, but also because he was... Believing that he is the Son of God. And he wanted to get as much and absorb as much as they possibly could. So, the sons of thunder, as Jesus called them, his earthly cousins were very forward and firm in their belief. John was just absolutely no bending, breaking. If Jesus said it was to be done that way and if the word of God said it's going to be done that way and it's going to be done that way. And he loved to preach about love. You can find that in all of these things. And here I'm going to, I'm going to share with you something that I tell you all the time. In 1 John 4, 1 starts there. And I tell you to do this all the time, even with me. Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Hereby know ye that the spirit of God, every spirit that confesses that Jesus, Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. Hereby know ye the Spirit of God, every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. So, you have to understand, you have two spirits. I've shared this with you before. You have <clears throat> the spirit of truth, you have it and light and you have the spirit of lies, deception, darkness, perversion. <clears throat> and this is what happens with many of these self-proclaimed preachers, priests, whatever, whatever title they want to give to them, selves, and they teach falsely and the doctrines that they profess are false. They are lies, they are deception. Try their spirit. The Holy Spirit will tell you the truth. And he will tell you whether they are truthful and of God, or should you flee? I believe it because he's done it and he said so. But John was unwavering in changing from this. He was he was um, out. On in the mission field and was at a church that he'd been to before and <laughs> the uh, elder or the uh, shepherd of that church said, pulled him aside and said, John, John, can you teach on something else other than God when you come? We love to hear you teach. We love to hear your preaching. But share something about something else, not about love of God and Jesus and all that, again. John said, I can try. He acquiesced. However, <laughs> hadn't even really got into the meat of the matter and started teaching about God's love, loving Jesus, following his rules, following the command. And one of the greatest... Commandments, love thy Lord, thy God, with all your heart, soul, and mind. And when they asked Jesus, what is the next most important? And Jesus immediately responded, to love thy neighbor as thyself. And love them in the same way. And show out that love that God has put within you. John did not waver. He would not change. Why? Because the valuation of mammon is not as important to him. It isn't important to him. That the valuation that God gives is much more important. And Jesus used the phrase when talking about John fairly often, a few times. And this is John, the beloved of Christ, this was spoken of by him. Jesus shared that, and this is John, whom I love, and from the cross he gave John direction to take care of his earthly mother. He might remember when he's hanging on the cross, he says, "Behold thy mother." Behold thy son. So his earthly cousin was going to take charge and be looking after Jesus' earthly mother. John also had charge given, and you will see that he was uh, given charge over the churches, and he was overseeing and trying to make sure that they were following God's tenets. And these were the seven churches of John while on the island of Patmos in the revelation of Jesus Christ and the apocalypse that was transpired through this. Don't forget, Mammon has changed apocalypse to uh, be more like Terminator and all that other silliness. That's not what it is. Apocalypse means the revealing, the parting, or the uh, unveiling, the uncovering. It comes from the Greek, Apocalypto. And in some translations of the Bible, as I've shared with you, when you read above the first chapter, the first verse, all that, it will say, the revelation of Jesus Christ. Uh, some will say Revelation of Saint John the Divine, and or uh, the beloved Apostle, and they, they say all sorts of things. But the Book of Revelation is Apocalypto from the Greek, and means the unveiling or the revelation of Jesus Christ. And. We have to remember that things can change, but we have to face them. We can change from being how we were of the sinful nature. And how is that changed? It changes by facing the fact that it's truth and that we confess with our mouths the fact to Lord God Almighty and repent and be forgiven and be changed and change from that pool hall hustling go-go dancer, strip club lap dancing guy or uh, I guess women can get that stuff I don't know but changing from that person and realizing that that's pretty despicable and throwing it away and becoming who you are meant to be. And as I've shared with you on numerous occasions, I don't speak this way because I am all high and mighty and and, uh, better than anyone else because that is not truth. Not truth. But here's the other thing too. Abba Yahweh. Does not expect us to be perfect now remember I was uh yeah that was just that was last yesterday last night the um, justification we are justified. we are justified by grace and faith in God and by his grace and mercy that we were saved and Jesus came to do that for us. And as I've shared with you, you several definitions of justify. Now, in printing, it's called justified or justification when all the material is set to type, ready to go to print, and all the margins have been straightened, and you have everything aligned as it should be. However... There is something that, if anybody's been around a printer, printing press, or been had an acquaintance who's a printer, happened to be that I've been alive long enough that I did have an occasion that I had an acquaintance who did that very thing. And um, the right-hand margin, because we're English and we read that way, the right-hand margin is usually not perfectly aligned. It can't be. And the reason it can't be is because you have words that are longer than others and uh, can be hyphenated before they uh, go to the next line in print. So the right-hand margin is kind of jagged many of the times, but the left-hand margin or the heading margin is always straight. Everything on that side would be the left as you look at the page is straight, straight edge. You can lay a ruler down it and that's it. Whereas the right-hand margin is not justified. It's all jagged. God sees us the same way. He knows that we're not perfect. He does not require us to be perfect. It just that we confess that, yes, I am. Confess that Jesus Christ is the Almighty, blessed Son of God and came and died for me. What was he thinking when you were conversing of what was going to happen around and down here? He was thinking about me, Father. Abu Yahweh, he was thinking about me. And I'm justified. I'm redeemed. I'm saved. God issues with some of the stuff I'm saying and sharing. Try my spirit. Simple. Try my spirit. And John, I share with you right there, is he tells us to try the spirit. I'll read it again because some might not quite got it or maybe didn't even hear it believe not every spirit but try the spirits whether they are of God because many false prophets are gone out into the world now John writes that in his first epistle his first letter. And those prophets that they're talking about is because this is a title that's given to pastors of churches. They're called prophets, shepherds. And as John writes on the island of Patmos, and he's writing those letters out to the churches, it is written in it as a revelation from Jesus, gave it to him to do. And the angels are the pastors leading those churches. So, John is very steadfast. He's very dogmatic because the tenets of God require walking that line, walking that tightrope. And he was very dogmatic. He was not going to allow for change. When he went to the church, he was going to start teaching And they came and said, hey, John, can you do something other than that love that you always talk about? Again, can you share something new, something different, something to hold their attention? Oh, yeah, okay. And lo and behold, not long after he started the sermon, did he start teaching about the love of God that is put in each and every single one of us. He started right back into the love of God and what can change the way we are. That's God's love for us, his faithfulness. So that, I believe, is going to be what we think about, read about, that we can face changes And we can face all things through Jesus who holds us up, faith in Father God and stepping out and stepping forward and going. I do believe that Jesus Christ is the only begotten Son of God. I will have faith in you, Abba Yahweh. Let's go, Holy Spirit, guide my steps. Pretty simple. But some make it much more difficult than it needs to be. Love you, brothers and sisters. Pray for you. I'm going out, I'm coming in. When I go into the bedroom and I'm going to lay my head on the pillow and get ready to go to sleep, I'm going to pray over you. Again. And I do it each and every morning, each and every night. Every night. It's just what I do because that's what I'm told to do. And I will follow and be about my father's business, period. I just want to have the strength so when some person, and I'm, I'm fairly certain that I might be around to see that day happen, I don't know. I can't testify to that because tomorrow doesn't belong to me. It belongs to God. And that is what I have to say about that. I'm going to follow his will, be about my father's business, and get it done.